Hey, everybody, we are interrupting this show before it even starts to give a few little warnings about this episode. <laughs> Precursors, Precursors to the episode. Here we go. So Get ready. on this week's episode, we are talking about it'll be revealed. You've clicked on this. You know, it's Enneagram history, mm-hmm. which will basically be. Scott and I having a discussion about its early whisperings and then talking about these three main thinkers, Gurchev, Achazo, and Naranjo. Yeah. And it's interesting. Very interesting, I think. So it is. Keep listening. Yeah. If you are someone who's into the Enneagram at all, I think this is really an important thing to think about mm-hmm. is who these early thinkers were. This is a, so you're going to get an intro in a second, but we're, we're only coming on to give a disclaimer. And that is, since we recorded this, we've come to find that Oscar Chazo in particular is, is a little bit of a shady character. Mm-hmm. And his school, which we kind of touch on, we, mm-hmm. we allude to this, but we've learned more since. His school is also a little shady. It's called the Eureka Institute. You'll hear us talk about it on this episode. So we're, we're just giving um, some disclaimers, and we're sort of... Uh, I don't know. I have this image of I'm, I'm kind of washing my hands of a Chazo. Now, to say, I will say, in just in terms of the history that we're, he is, he still does play a very, very significant role. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't want to sound like we're praising him too much. Go do your own research on a Chazo. I don't. Yeah. So in that episode, we are, and we, it's mostly me, to be <laughs> honest, that's a like very in, infatuated and mm. enthralled by a Chazo and his spirituality offerings and his wisdom and transferring taught, consciousness what he taught Naranjo and it's this is kind of an interesting thing as we got more into him uh I started to get more wrapped up and then we started <laughs> to do a bit more research and even after recording this episode we, I wanted to learn more so yeah. I've been deep diving and we just have to give a warning because Chazo may be like a cult leader. Yeah. You gotta name it. Kind of a bad dude. The Erica school, Arica school. I think we call it the Erika school. The Erika school um, is, has a system, like they have this teaching and there's a lot of elements to it that seem a bit suspicious. There mm-hmm. seems like there's money involved. Mm-hmm. There's levels involved, including how much money you pay to be in those Go, levels. Look, go look up the website. It's you look creepy. at the website, you'll see. And then... From then, I've just been like doing lots of Google searches, and I found actually quite a few people who went to the Arika school and s- testified to a lot of behavior that lends itself towards being a cult. Yeah, it seems like uh, Achazo claimed to have knowledge that nobody else could have or reach, and he promised like enlightenment in a lot of ways and created this cult following and group following that by the nature of him being this exceptional spiritual teacher gave him leeway to get away with some things he probably shouldn't have. And then he was saying he never officially permitted anybody to teach what he was teaching. And then after all these years, because this was happening in like the late 50s, 60s, nobody's actually ever officially graduated from the Eureka School. Right. So it all feels scammy. It does feel scammy. And there's like... Google it. Mm-hmm. We'll probably deep dive it even more. I want us to do a, a whole documentary on this, but <laughs> a real documentary. Wow. Wouldn't that be crazy? This. So take everything we say about Achaza with a big grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk a bit about 
Naranjo as well. And so I guess we'll, should we close this little pre-intro oh, with yeah. a quote from Naranjo? Yeah. If we talk about this, Naranjo found out about the Enneagram of Personality from Achazo and learned it from him. And then you'll find out Naranjo publishes that. Yeah. And this was a quote from Naranjo about his first impressions of Achazo. Mm-hmm. And I think this... This is a helpful way of understanding and seeing a chazo. A lens. A lens. So this is from Nerano himself. I came back to California and particularly to Esalen, where I was considered an associate. Okay. I came back feeling, (laughs) this is from the Erica school, feeling that I had had remarkable spiritual experiences by meditating in his, Achazo's presence, or by following his directions. At the same time, I felt great distrust for the man. I felt... I felt he lied a lot, and I told him to his face just before departure. I told him, what should I do about this? I perceive you as a liar and as a manipulator, Ooh. and I don't know whether I can work with you under these circumstances. Naranjo. He said okay, it directly there it is. to him. Um, so Naranjo didn't trust Achazo and left the Erica school early, mm-hmm. Erika school early. So there it is. It's, it's unknown, sketchy. We just had to put the dis- disclaimer out there. Yeah. So you, what you're about to get is a double intro. Now now, now our voices are going to come right back, and it's going to be a regular no small thing intro. But this was just to warn everybody. So hope you enjoy this episode. Have a good week, everybody. We'll be back next week with an episode on curiosity. everybody. Welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less cynical and more curious life. I'm Scott. And I am Macy. Welcome to episode number 50. This is the history of the Enneagram. <gasps> oh, I didn't no! do a drum roll. <laughs> Your reaction. I can't believe you. <laughs> I, I took was going to do you. a drum roll. I took it from you. I didn't let you do it. <laughs> Welcome to History of the Enneagram. I, I did say that I wanted this to get right into it, and that was my mindset. I forgot about the drum roll, and you feel kind of bad now. This would have been a good drum roll. Drum roll Enneagram, a yeah. history. We're doing Welcome. Enneagram, a history. And, and we don't think there's very many podcasts doing this. This is unique, I think. Yeah, and we're going to... It's not like a history. Well, it's mostly the two of us for the past week and a little bit longer have been looking at the early thinkers, the history, where did this Enneagram thing come from? And we're just going to have a conversation about it. If you clicked on this episode and you know about the Enneagram, and if you're anything like me, I don't, probably not, 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 not many people. I am a five. I don't know very many fives. Um, the You might be a little confused about the history of the Enneagram. It, yeah. Whenever anybody brings it up, no matter what kind of teacher they are, what kind of person they are, they get very vague when they start <laughs> talking about where it comes. It gets and I'm sitting there thinking, you're not, you're not pulling one over on me. Go back. What did you just say? <laughs> they usually just say, it's an ancient thing. And it's, you're thinking, okay, so when, when did it start? Where was the, where? Yeah. Ancient where? You know, yeah. everybody says, what's the Enneagram? It's an ancient tool. Okay, that's so vague. That's the vaguest thing there ever. There has to be some information out there. Yeah. And there is. There is some information. It's, there's, 
It's complicated. You and I might get into a philosophical disagreement tonight. We'll oh, see. Well, we shall see. I don't know. Okay. So we're going to give you in this intro a table of contents. So mm-hmm. what this episode will be about. And then just a snippet of our realizations from doing this like hardcore deep diving of the Enneagram's history and, and key like contributors. We tried to we tried to figure out the history of the Enneagram this week, and that yeah. made us have some big realizations that we'll tell you about in a second. Yeah. No conclusions. No. Some realizations and thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> we very rarely have conclusions. But no. No. Yeah, so that's coming. But should we go through the... Uh, the table of contents. You're looking at it, so... So we'll begin with, I wrote down ancient things. Ancient which things, Which is yeah. mostly just a little bit of... Earliest whispers. Earliest whispers. <laughs> Maybe we should have titled that. It's <laughs> a good title for it. <laughs> Earliest whispers of the Enneagram. And then the next section will be on Gurchev and the Fourth Way, mm-hmm. which Gurchev is like one of the first people to have written, like really taught on the Enneagram of mm-hmm. personality. So like yep. a big player. Big, big player. A very, I mean, this is sort of like, these people are sort of, It's uh, well... I'm going to say it. I don't know. We'll see how it sounds. It's kind of the Trinity. Oh. Trinity of Enneagram teachers. Oh. Early. That's you know? fascinating. I don't know. I don't know what I mean by that. There's but numbers in everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's threes the three. everywhere. Yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. Um, so, Gurchev in the fourth way. And then we'll talk about Oscar Chazo. Yep. As the next contributor. Next step. Um, who was huge in terms of teaching of the Enneagram and personality. Yep. Yep. And then Naranjo. Yeah, who, so that's what you're you're going to... Maybe you don't even know those names. But if you, again, interested in the Enneagram, hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll be familiar with these crucial names if yeah. you want to know what the Enneagram is. I think some people yeah. can just be like, just tell me what the Enneagram is. Let me figure out my number. Let me go about my life. Mm-hmm. And we're four wing five, five wing four. We're the types that want the answers. Yeah. We want yeah. to know. We, we want to like go all book. in. Yeah. Like where did this actually come from? I don't yeah. take it at face value. Um, and we do, we do think it's fun. Oh. And we also, I, well, I'll talk for myself. I view it as my sort of service to the mm-hmm. world. Like I mm-hmm. want, I want my desire or my love for reading and researching to be a value to someone, mm-hmm. not just me sitting around learning things. So if I can, if you're not the type of person that wants to do all the reading and heavy lifting, and we didn't do that much. I mean, we have day jobs. So it's like, yeah. we're trying to do this in our free time this week. Yeah, like every break, I'm <laughs> yeah. like rushing to yeah. my Enneagram At nighttime, <laughs> I was like staying up late watching Enneagram YouTube videos and reading every book I have. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So hopefully our like, we're going to basically be synthesizing what we've learned. And Scott and I kind of split it up mm-hmm. in terms of research, but it's hard to, they're very intertwined, these mm-hmm. three people. Mm-hmm. So that's fascinating. And then we, after Naranjo, we'll talk about what we're titling the new school. Yeah, those are sort of the modern teachers. Yeah. Who's out there now doing it. Yeah, so we'll like be talking about like... And I think that's even divided into two packs, but... Yeah. And we'll just, I think we'll just acknowledge it. Yeah, and kind maybe maybe it, mention a few folks. Yeah. Um, key thinkers. Key thinkers. And then we'll have some closing thoughts. We'll have some reflections. We'll we'll look back on what we talked about and see if we if maybe we have some more realizations. I think we will. I think we will see a lot of diversity and unity in the way these people think of the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. We shall see. And remember, everybody, uh, this is a conversation. You're you're <laughs> sitting in on a conversation. So, like we said, it would be fun 
Well, I we were saying this before the episode started. It'd be fun to have worked on like a really cool, zippy, high produced uh, Enneagram history episode. Yeah. But we don't we don't do that at this point <laughs> in our lives. We we meet up for a weekly conversation. <laughs> and that's and what this we're is. curious. Yeah. So if okay. it's a value to you, there it is. So let's get you want to get right into it? Some realizations? Oh, realizations. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Let's get into it. You go first. Okay, my realization this week, and let me let me say this again, kind of saying what we were saying about our personalities. Mm-hmm. I have this memory. I don't know if I shared this story on the podcast, but there's this Christian teacher who's written a book, lots of books. He's kind of a famous Christian author. If you know famous Christian authors, this guy's sort of in the realm of like Philip Yancey or Max Licato. His name is Charles Coulson, a very respected and deservedly so Christian author who does a lot of stuff for like prison ministries and stuff like that. However, Price skews a little conservative and also this was years and years ago. This is like almost probably 15, 20 years ago. It's when um, the Da Vinci Code came out. It's a, hmm. it's a novel mm-hmm. by Dan Brown mm-hmm. and it was, it was controversial in the Christian community. And I remember reading a review of this book in a Christian magazine by Charles Coulson. And this is a formative moment in my life because I had a realization then and it's lasted. But he said, he gave a review, didn't like it. And then at the end he says, this, this wouldn't be a good book for a Christian to read. So don't, I would advise against you reading it. It wouldn't be good for your faith. Hmm. You know, Hmm. and my thought was, well, why does he get to read it? Yeah. And then he gets to sound smart and write the review and, and it obviously didn't harm his faith. And yeah, I, I just didn't like the idea that somebody was out there reading it for me and, and telling me no. I didn't <laughs> like that. I wanted to find out for myself. So that's some of the stuff that motivates this is like, uh, you know, somebody says, oh, it's an ancient tool. And I say, well, I'm going to find out. I want to. Yeah. You don't tell me about being an ancient tool. I will find out. About the ancient tool. <laughs> so this is your realization. Well, that that's just a starting point. But here I'll just say a, a slight realization this week, and I already said this sort of to you, but it, I don't mean this as a diss about the enneagram. It's I'm just describing a feeling I have, and as I was looking into this, I felt um, a, like a little spooked by the enneagram this mm-hmm. week. It's mm-hmm. more mysterious and powerful than I thought it was, and goes back so deep, and it has so much mystery and weighty conversation and and it is shrouded in mystery like as you'll come to see most of the main teachers wanted to keep this a secret yeah so now now we're now it's out yeah and 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 i've been thinking this week should it be out and should we be handling it the way we're handling it am i am i abusing like a special secret you know i don't know i i my heart is like feeling this. <laughs> yeah. It feels really big and it, f- it scares me the way we now encounter it. Mm-hmm. It's like very fascinating. We're really softening it. We are really softening mm-hmm. it. That's like kind of, uh, yeah, I think so that's that was, a big that realization a of like thinking of the teachers that we look at today, like Risa Hudson, like Ian Morgan Cronstabile, even like Chris, Hewitt, maybe Chris Hewitt's, but like, Thinking like Ryan O'Neill from Sleeping at Last. Yeah. He's like very sweet. Looking at it as a tool for nice. empathy. Yeah. That's his lens. Right. Which is like Which is fine, but it's fine, but it's like you're really missing a another side. I can't in believe a way. any of these main teachers would have ever said this is a tool for empathy. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. a tool for self-discovery maybe. Yeah. But even that is a little self-helpy. This yeah. is way bigger than <laughs> this that. This is way bigger you know? and weird and mystical, which mm-hmm. makes it very exciting and special. Yeah. Um, but I felt, I felt this week, if you can picture this, so this is a new thought, that as I was looking into this, it was a flame. Mm. And as I was putting my hand closer to the flame, I was like pulling back. I was thinking, ooh, ooh, too hot. Oh, ooh. that is You know, and I could look at it. I could look at it. But I, as I went deeper, I'd, I'd start to think, ah, 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 too hot, too wow. hot. You know? <laughs> wow. That's a very vivid imagery. Yeah. I don't know if I feel that way. <laughs> when I, whenever I'd start to get close, I'd just get a little spooked. A little spooked. Yeah, yeah that's fascinating. <laughs> how um, about you? How, how, what were your feelings this week? I know you like to talk about your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think a slight realization, probably more than slight, is I've been really drawn to thinking about the Enneagram beyond the Enneagram of personality. Mm -hmm. So like thinking of the Enneagram movement and the symbol and reflecting on the movement of the symbol. And I've been doing Gurchev research and it's all about like vibrations and these numbers and like the movement of the cosmos. And like, wow, I think that paired with this yoga I've been doing has really made me like think of the Enneagram as like an embodied thing. The Enneagram gift is not just in the wisdom it offers about your like chief feature, but mm-hmm. it's also the gift of the Enneagram symbol. And that symbol has like deep wisdom within it. Like the numbers in the like Ooh. flow of it have, have something profound within it. It's nuts. Yeah. See, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how people are feeling about that, but it, it does seem we were introduced to it. We're in, we have this paradigm in our head of personality tests. Mm-hmm. So as somebody's approaching you at the Enneagram, and this is how it was given to me, very casually, mm-hmm. it's it, you just lump it in with all the other personality tests. Oh, what's this Enneagram? Oh, it's a personality test. Oh, cool. Let me take the little test. Oh, oh, I'm on four. Bah, 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 mm-hmm. Go about your life. And, and you've missed it entirely. Oh, you've missed it entirely. You've missed it entirely. Yeah. And I've, I missed it entirely. And, like, and we're still missing it. I, I, oh. I'm staying... Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm just saying maybe this launches me on the next journey, but I'm just looking back thinking, oh, I have not really been doing Enneagram. Yeah. I don't know. And I don't have answers right now. I, I, I can't sit here and tell you, here's what I learned and here's how you do it. Doing, but I just know doing that there's the work more. is, I think it requires a loss of your whole freaking personality and mm-hmm. ego. Like it requires mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. It's, it's like I was in a room that I thought was the room, but it was the entryway or something. I was mm-hmm. I was in the mud room or something. <laughs> now now I open the door and I and I'm not even inside yet. But I say, oh, there's a whole house. Oh, look at that. That's huge. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I can feel a little more comfortable out here in the mud room. I don't know <laughs> if I want to go in there. <laughs> yeah, that's a little true. Okay. So I know that's that's vague, but those are the the slight realizations. Yeah. I will say this too. This let me just say this just to get people interested because I kind of mean this and it will be interesting to talk about it this week. But here's what I'm prepared to say currently. Okay. Um, maybe perhaps, maybe perhaps the enneagram exists uh, as it, it's it's out there mm-hmm. and somebody discovered it, mm-hmm. like, like we discover math or something. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting thought. I don't know if I'm quite there. Mm-hmm. 
I do think it, it mostly is a human creation inspired by math and science and philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would say Oscar Ichazo invented the Enneagram or what you call developed, pulled it together, got all the stuff and influences, the used Gurdjieff, used the Desert Fathers, used Pythagoras, used Plato and, and put the Enneagram together as we understand it. That's what I, that was my takeaway from the week. When everybody says, oh, it has its roots in ancient blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, sure. It's inspired by some of those things and things people were figuring out then. But Oscar Chazo put it together. Yeah. And said, here it is and taught it. He was, well, you did all, all the research, but I mean, he really was like a fish or proficient in like a ton of different spiritualities yeah. and yeah. like ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, it's so rich. Yeah. It's yeah. so rich. And I want to say, again, just, just to kick us off here, I think, <laughs> it, I think the Enneagram as we know it and talk about it is a modern invention. It's, some, yes. it's something that's happened yes. recently. So that stuff of ancient, it's not that people, it, Sufis and Desert Fathers and Christians weren't passing around the Enneagram. No. They weren't passing around what we have, like books and maps, and they weren't, they weren't doing the numbers. They weren't talking about, gre- I mean, like it just wasn't like that. No, but they were teaching some Similar of the philosophies things. of the mm-hmm. Enneagram. Mm-hmm. And but they weren't going, do you know the Enneagram? What's your type? I'm a five. You know, they weren't doing that. Yeah, it's the publishing of it mm-hmm. and the coming together of it and it being like written down and taught in schools has profoundly shifted its history. And I, I'm going to be interested to see what you have to say about Naranjo because it does seem like Naranjo was a little rogue oh, and could be the person that ultimately blew it unleashed up. it. I, think I don't think Ichazo wanted it unleashed. Yeah, I think you might be right. Okay. Ichazo, Ichazo. I'm not quite sure, everybody. I've heard lots of different pronunciations this week. I know. That's the thing is every YouTube video has a lot, lots of different Ichazo, pronunciations. Ichazo. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Do you we want to say probably... anything more about realizations? Um, I just The realization just continues to go, and I think this is what you were kind of mentioning of like, this is our 50th episode and we've been doing Enneagram oh, for yeah. about a year. This is good. And we did all the types and a year ago I was like, yeah, I kind of know the Enneagram. I feel like relatively like I know it and have a grasp on it, have like a good maybe perspective on it. Mm-hmm. And it's a year later and my perspective is like so different. And yeah. yet I still like carry and hold the perspective I had a year ago. Mm-hmm. It just feels so young yeah and yeah. it's only been a year yeah. and i feel like there is so much more like mm-hmm. it feels like a breath like very deep knowledge mm-hmm. of not just self and personality but of other and then like the universe like the way life works i feel like what are we talking about you guys <laughs> what is this this is crazy i think i mean well we're about to get to gurchev we're but about to yeah it's so much yeah i'm excited Okay. okay, so coming up, we're going to talk about, we have it titled oh, ancient, on our things. ancient Things, but now I'm calling it Early Whispers. <laughs> early Whispers of the Enneagram. When we come back.
here we are. Back, Back in the house. We have a, a purple foam. I'm having I have a purple foamy on my microphone <laughs> and I and Macy has a pink foamy. Pink one. Here we are in the building. Now we're gonna try to talk about the early whispers. Mm-hmm. And here's what I want to say to you all. I'm not trying to dodge or avoid or rush ahead. I'm not trying to say, here, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to tell you about the Enneagram. It's an ancient thing. It's an ancient thing. Anyways, what's happening now? It's, so I'm not going to do that. However, we still don't know. We mm-mm, don't. Mm-mm. But but as I already have told you, the, the Enneagram as we know it is not an ancient thing. The the early whispers, the the inspiration. Yes, yes. The, 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 the Enneagram elements, symbol. Yeah. Not yep. the modern Enneagram or the Enneagram of yeah. personality. The symbol has been around. Yeah. Okay, so I'll say this, and you can pop in there, okay? <laughs> Please. <laughs> I'm not giving you permission, but... Um, so as it's my understanding, everybody. Again, this isn't the Enneagram. These are influences. Um, but the symbol can be found in astronomy. It's in math. So a lot of times in the early, in the early influences are what we're hearkening back to the people that created the Enneagram or developed the Enneagram is a better way of saying it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're inspired by astronomy, mm-hmm. um, symbols and shapes that we can see in the stars, Pythagoras, Plato. So we're talking about philosophy. We're talking about astronomy. We're talking about philosophy. Did I say philosophy it's already? It's this thing Math. that just keeps showing up. Yeah, it's a thing that keeps showing up. But nobody's talking about it in terms of the Enneagram. It's this thing that is in all of these disciplines, and it's mysterious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hope everybody understands that. An ancient <laughs> thing. I just don't want people to think of it like this weird treasure map. Or like when we think of Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. he discovers this artifact. Yeah. You know, Ichazo didn't go to Egypt and dig up the Enneagram. It, it was, it seems like in all of the readings, it's like this thing that got passed down orally through lots of random cultures. And it was like, there would be someone who could speak to some knowledge of this, yeah. this symbol and it would show up in like a myriad of ways. Yeah. Yes. Um, well and said. The symbol itself has so much like rich numerology and like mm. thought around the way the numbers are. Yes. Yeah. It's, yes. Yeah. I don't know. So now I'm just going to give our first little hook. Okay. Now this isn't definitive in terms of is this the first development of the enneagram? No, but this is something that influences the enneagram. Okay. So this is somebody that I've seen referenced in lots of different histories of the enneagram, and I don't know if I'm going to say his name right, but you can all look it up. Evagrius Ponticus. Evagrius Ponticus. And now it's the same thing. Same thing. Everybody, listen. He developed the eight deadly sins. So this was seven uh, or eight. Is it he, this? He he was he was around in um, 345 A.D. Okay, mm. he's part of this tradition called the Desert Fathers. He would have mm-hmm. been considered a Christian. He was in Egypt, um, and he was he was teaching. And so apparently, the way it's described is conversations around the eight deadly uh, eight deadly sins, 10 deadly sins, six deadly sins was mm-hmm. was around. Mm-hmm. People were talking about those things and he taught it and put it down on paper and sort of solidified it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he didn't create it. It's the same thing with the Enneagram, kind of. He developed it. Developed yeah. it. He made yeah. it more official. It, like yeah. putting the pieces together. Yeah. Yep. Um, and making it accessible almost. Yes. Um, okay, let me... But it was eight. eight. But the eight eight were eight of the nine numbers. So so 
Pope Gregory the Great revised the eight deadly sins to the seven deadly sins. Oh. So then it became, that's what we all know. We all know the seven oh, they deadly took sins. away one. They took away one. I don't Which know. Which is interesting because eight is in between like two of the like sacred numbers, the yeah. nine and the seven. Yeah. Um, it says Pope Gregory the Great would revise this list to form the more commonly known seven deadly sins. Um, uh, oh, it says where Pope Gregory the Great combined acedia, discouragement, with uh, tristitia, sorrow, calling the combination the sin of sloth. So he mo- mm. he merged these two and called it sloth. Fascinating. So, but also, you guys, I want to say, these. You, do you see how these are human things? These are just themes that are seen things throughout. and themes, things and things themes. And themes. Uh, he, humans are doing that, and that's why I, I want to say just because humans are doing it doesn't mean it it demotes the work. I, mm-hmm. Again, I mean, you could talk about Freud. Freud is a human that developed psychoanalysis that has seemed to be a very useful and profound tool, but it's also pretty mysterious. Yeah, yeah. Um, so here's something I was really excited to read to Macy. Evagrius, <laughs> this was a he a big part of his ministry was a, a high emphasis and high regard for tears. Hmm. Enneagram fours. Wow. Are you listening? Wow. And this is what it says. <laughs> Evagrius taught that tears were the utmost sign of true repentance and that weeping, even for days at a time, opened up one to God. Hysteria. <sighs> yeah. Isn't that Letting it out. From the early days. Yeah. Yeah. So we have seven deadly oh, sins. Oh, this is good. It, it <laughs> lines up with Gertrude. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> and then as people will say, it is uh, misleading. And this is what I was hearing in the early days misleading to say that the Sufis invented the Enneagram. That, that the, the implication being, and this is how I was taking it, and this is how I think most people take it, if they're even paying attention. Most people don't care, but I, I, I like care. I love the intros yeah, of books. Yeah, <laughs> me too. So it says, so, 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 so the implication is that the, the Sufis have the Enneagram, and they're walking around, passing it around, studying oh, it. That's not really how it was. They also had something similar to this. They also had some symbol, and and the Desert Fathers met Sufis and 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 uh, mystics out in the desert in Africa, and they talked about these things. And so it's whispering. It's developing. Yeah. I almost feel like a Lord of the Rings, whispers in the dark. I mean, it's a like ring. all the mystics are going out in yeah. the universe, like yeah. showing them this symbol. It's very fascinating. So I guess it's not misleading to say it's an ancient symbol, mm-hmm. but the Enneagram is not an ancient. It's not like even, or in you can even name. say, you can say like the Bible, the Bible was this thing that got put together and passed down. It is thousands of years old. Yeah. But the Enneagram isn't like that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Enneagram it's, is a fairly new thing. And I think the Enneagram should be, the Enneagram is inherently mysterious. Yeah. But I hope people, I think this was good information for me to know, just to know yeah. Yeah. now when somebody says it's an ancient thing, I have a, I have a different mindset when yeah. I hear that information. Um, and I didn't know what people meant by that. And I didn't know why they were being so vague. <laughs> and maybe now I just understand they're, they're not trying to trick us. That, that could be my five paranoia. I always feel like somebody's trying to trick me. It does feel a little bit when you're like, oh, yeah, like it's shown up in a lot of different places in history. So Where? Where? Say it. Not you. But that's no, what, I'm, that's that's what I'm saying. Like it, it feels like <laughs> a little bit of a tactic to like get yeah. you to like trust it. Yeah. Um, but you're like, but what do you mean? Yeah. What are you talking about? Um. So that's my little presentation on the early whispers. <laughs> I think maybe we'll do two people per segment. You okay. want to get right into Gurchev? Sure. Okay. So, so, so that's now, now everybody, 
I'm setting Macy up here. Okay, I have to get this Get ready out for open. this because now we do a giant leap. Those are the whispers. The whispers. The, and then we're, no, we hit the 1900s. No, in my mind, and you correct me if I'm wrong, the, yeah. the word yeah. Enneagram is not being said. There, there's, there's not this been this grand project that has been officially set up and put on everybody's radar of like, no. we're all working on the Enneagram now. Mm. There's a symbol. There's some whispers. There's some philosophy. There's some astronomy. There's some math. There's some theology. There's some teaching. There's some Christian things. There's some desert fathers. But there isn't the Enneagram project. And we're inviting these people to contribute to this Enneagram thing. That's not happening. No. Nope. then there's a giant leap. There's a giant leap. Okay, so I... So Scott kind of studied the ancient things, and I studied this guy named Gurchev. Gurchev is, when we're talking about the history of the Enneagram, one of the names that, like, immediately pops up. And up until Gurchev, the name Enneagram wasn't officially spoken. Okay, and, and, and what around what time is this? 19, like, early 1900s. I'm looking at this right now, early and it says 1900s. that his le- lectures... And he introduced the symbol to his students in 1916. So I have to imagine the implication is that Gurchev is a philosopher. He's a teacher. He's been studying different things. He's a, oh, this is where I'm going to lose my words. But he's, there's a specific word for the kind of like thinker that he is. Okay. And it's like a philosophically God thinker about like the meaning of life. Wow. Okay. That sounds... Very interesting. And he's very esoteric. And okay. so Gurchev was born in Russia. I don't know where in Russia. See, and guys, we did some research, but this is a conversation. So, And not. he like was like a, a spiritual dude who traveled to Eastern Asia to understand different like spiritual methods. And he mm-hmm. learned under the Fakir... Sufism and yogis. Wow. So he had this like... These people going on these pilgrimages. Mm -hmm. So we had this like journey learning from these these groups and then he came back and taught and he went to the West and did lots of different things including like studying psychology and things like that. He had this like rich history of kind Mm -hmm. of like gathering Mm -hmm. information Mm -hmm. and participating in different like enlightenment ways mm-hmm. um different groups who were offering like ways to consciousness he was experiencing and then from there came back and taught and he taught what is called the fourth way mm. i just want to stop and say i i mourn my upbringing or the the general cultural um skepticism around words like consciousness hmm. it seems like people are 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 really Weirded out by stuff like that. Frightened but by why? it. why? Why? Consciousness. Being awake. Um, understanding yourself. Yeah. Maybe there's a less strange way to say it so people aren't so turned off by that. But um, um, it's, it's what a lot of people are striving for when they're doing meditation. And, and they're trying to... I mean, ultimately, the Enneagram, what we have learned that I still agree with is, is we are trying to get out of this ego fixation or this habit of being. I think consciousness could even be thought of more as like being awake to the, like becoming awake to the, the universe inside of you, like opening yourself up to this, the soul that's already in you. And Helen Palmer was saying this other thing last night of like learning to relax your number. Oh, oh, settle and 
I love that language yeah. of like relaxing the ego self mm-hmm. to then experience something outside of that, which yeah. is profound. I'm going to side note story from this. Ooh, yeah. Here we go. Quick okay, side note. So Intro to Gurchev. Now side note story. As I'm reading this and like I've been reading about the fourth way, which is I'm going to I'll read this little paragraph probably actually first. Mm. Let me gather my thoughts. <laughs> it's a lot, isn't it? It's so many thoughts. <laughs> okay. So the fourth way that Gurchev presents is kind of trying to pull from all of those influences and combine them. Okay. And that is like mashed with this understanding of the Enneagram symbol and the movement of the Enneagram. Hmm. And it's all meant to be this way to awaken to yourself. So I'm going to read this Wikipedia paragraph that says, the fourth way addresses the question of humanity's place in the universe and the possibilities of inner development. It emphasizes that people ordinarily live in a state referred to as semi-hypnotic waking sleep. Yeah. While higher levels of consciousness, virtue, unity of will are possible. Oh, oh, oh. Can you read it again? Yeah. I'd say read it again and even slower. Okay. Because I'm even here with you and I'm, I'm hearing it and I want to hear it again. Okay. If you're willing. Oh, I'm willing. Okay. The fourth way addresses the question of humanity's place in the universe and the possibilities of inner development. It emphasizes that people ordinarily live in a state referred to as a semi-hypnotic waking sleep. Yes, that's it. We live in a state of semi-hypnotic waking sleep. I see it. I know. I know what they're talking about. Oh, me too. While (laughs) higher levels of consciousness, virtue, unity of will are possible. Yes. The fourth way teaches how to increase and focus attention and energy in various ways and to minimize daydreaming and absent-mindedness. Ooh. This inner development in oneself is the beginning of a possible further process of change whose aim is to transform humanity into what they ought to be. Ah, big, (laughs) big, big, big. But this is also why I would love to introduce, you know, we have these disciplines, which I think the Enneagram incorporates all these disciplines. Art, I think, is also so essential Someday mm-hmm. I would love to do an episode. I don't know how you do an episode on a whole show. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can deep dive an episode, but I've mentioned in this podcast that I and we like Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. And I love David mm-hmm. Lynch. And without giving much away, because there really isn't much to give away, because there isn't really a true main point to the Twin Peaks, The Return. But <laughs> it's I wouldn't even say it's not even Twin Peaks. One of David Lynch's themes is and his way of creating is is to highlight the dreamlike quality of our existence. Hmm. We're living yeah. in a dream. He says that. And so like his art highlights sort of the absurdity and the random nature of our daily life mm-hmm. in a way that gets you in touch with that. And mm-hmm. You're watching it and being like, this doesn't make any sense. And then he's trying to say, I mean, he would never say he has a main point, but I do think he is saying, yeah, but all the things we're doing also don't make sense. And the way yeah. we're ordering it and making sense of it in our, we're telling ourselves lies. We're not seeing reality. All the time we are not seeing reality. <laughs> we oh it's, it's really it's really overwhelming and kind of messed up, but yeah. Okay, sorry, I did a side note, but I'm just popping off to what you're saying. No, I mean it's so much. And I think so Gurchev really offers a lot of what we still see in terms of like Enneagram work today is this idea of like 
self-observation. And that's still a huge aspect of the Enneagram today. But Gurdjieff thought of it in like a very extreme way. Mm. Like to participate in the work is what he would call it. It it was like to struggle. Like you were going to suffer and struggle. Oh, see? And face like... Not how we're talking about it these days. Mm -mm. Empathy, sweetness, appreciation. It's not still, bad things, but not, I don't know. Is it the Enneagram? I think it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think in, in, it's not even in terms of necessarily like the way to say like looking at yourself without judgment and without excuse yeah, is probably it. still true. Yeah. But it is, Gertrude, more I, intense. More intense. And I think requires a lot more mourning of that Ooh. ego self. Yeah. You can. You can look at yourself without judgment and still mourn and lament and struggle. And still be subject to it. And it's almost like it's it's painful sometimes to see how subject to it you are. Ah. And it requires a lot of discipline and a lot of like persistence. I think the reason I'm making these noises, I'm very aware that I haven't even done it yet. I wonder right. if I'll ever do it. I'm right. Think, I'm seeing I can name my five like tendencies mm-hmm. just if anybody's listening for the first time i'm a five macy's a four but uh whether or not i'm really gonna truly dig into that and uh, i don't know i don't know i am feeling particularly like inspired by mm. this mm. but it does feel um so gertrude the way he taught was like in terms of it's a school of thought and he had and, students and my understanding too at this point in the story <laughs> We're not calling it the Enneagram quite yet, right? No. So this is like... It's the symbol. It's a dance. It's a teaching. It's Gurchev coming and teaching a group of people and not just teaching, like presenting the symbol and teaching it in a myriad of ways. So not talking about just the Enneagram of personality, but talking about the law of three, looking at the triangle, seeing the law of three showing up in life, talking about this flow of three different things pulling from the head, pulling from the heart, pulling from the body. Like Gurchev was teaching in like rich ways about mm. like just the triangles movement. And then to, to some select people, it was still so, kind of secret. Oh, it was like yeah. this group of like students. Yeah. Just like studying and participating in this like, teacher coming and like explaining this this huge but I, thing what i want to again clarify for people just if anybody's like me so just no i'm not being condescending I'm, I'm trying to talk to you as i was talking to myself or as if i was talking to myself don't picture gurchev in front of a giant chalkboard being like the one is called the perfectionist no the two is the helper that's not no. what he was doing no well because so not he was not only teaching but was the work included music and included movement. So Gurchev composed music. A huge aspect of the like light that Gurchev shed upon the Enneagram was truly in the numbers in the law of three and then also the law of seven, which we see the law of seven show up in nature and just like weird things like music uh, like talking about like the octaves and the like do re mi fa so la ti wow. do. See? Do you see this though? I mean, just stop and think again about the piano. 
C to C. Mm-hmm. You know, like what is this? Some sort of order, some sort of mysterious number. Yeah. Where are the other notes? Nope. That's it. Those are the notes. Why? We <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Tones. I mean, this is Ah. And and Gurchev kind of mathematically and philosophically unlocks all of these like the ways the numbers show up and the who law. Who are these people? Who are these people? <laughs> and and the law of seven, like you can feel it mm-hmm. in like the universe in a in a way. It it kind of connects. I don't know. I think that the way the law of three and the law of seven like balance one another is very. F- fascinating when you think about the Enneagram is like talking to humanity and like speaking to humanity, but mm. also speaking to like a cosmic thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But he also taught dances like in the, I'll post a Gurchev like inspired dance on uh, our show notes, but the dances are not what you would typically consider to be like dancing it's more of like a movement of like vibrating and bouncing up and down and like feeling Mm, the rhythm yeah i've seen Um, it but i also kind of forget it so i'm looking forward to seeing it again and so much of the work of uh, the fourth way was was feeling and moving and experiencing consciousness in in a way because you're you're doing something with your body and you're doing something with the vibrations and communicating on a different level and it, it it opens you up to more Wow! while you're also doing the like intellectual work of self-observation. Mm. So it was this like very holistic way of, of seeing a person and like Gurchev is kind of, especially in like pulling together the, like what we consider the triads, I would say like yeah. emotional head and body. Oh yeah. Like, Graph says something really big. So uh, all everybody, um, nines, ones, and eights are in the body triad. Mm-hmm. Twos, fours, and threes. I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, are in the heart. <laughs> Twos, fours, and threes. Uh, yeah. Or uh, five, six, and seven are in the head. So that's what we're talking about. But man, I think if anybody's listening, if you listen to any of our Enneagram episodes, uh, you, you see what we're getting ourselves into here. It's big. This is a different type of conversation. <laughs> different type so of it's, conversation. So it's, I think this episode is launching us into a new era of Enneagram exploration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep bringing the Enneagram episodes mm-hmm. every five episodes. Uh, yeah. Not only is it our commitment, but it's kind of our most looked forward to episodes. We look forward to doing these. Oh, I was like <laughs> very happy to be staying up and very yeah. tired at work to be <laughs> doing Enneagram research. <laughs> um yeah. Okay. I mean, to, a, to a certain extent, I almost feel like we need a whole episode on the fourth way. Oh. We need to really delve deeper. Oh, into me that. too. Because that's the thing is, Gurchev is one of the main thinkers mm-hmm. of the Enneagram. And yet, Gurchev wasn't really talking about it in terms of the Enneagram. Right. He uh, didn't reveal the chief features he saw, yeah. except in like this weird book where it was as characters. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people say that he understood his students and saw their like chief feature mm. and they mm. would talk up. He would like vaguely mention mm. it. It was never clear. And that was kind of part of a Gurchev like philosophy was like, it's always changing. And the, the intellect and the, the things we pull from something depend on like the times and what it has to offer. Wow. Like, 
he had a very fluid way of thinking. Which which the dance makes sense in that sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, there's so much wisdom, I think, in the the feeling. I will say this, too, a, a point of clarity, again, for myself, too, as we're thinking about out loud. It does seem that there were these, at this point, at this stage in the game, I, I assume there were, there were probably nine sins, quote-unquote passions, mm-hmm. who, that were named that probably that probably correlated or corresponded with the shape and the points. Mm-hmm. And it also seems, and this is again, this is an ancient whisper thing, but there were sort, there were sort of a nine noble truths. And I think that was a, a Plato thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so they were sort of the flip side of the passion or the sin. Yeah. Uh, I think. No, no, I think like, I think that's really true in that you could kind of take the Enneagram and break most things down through the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. Like it's a way to see things is Mm -hmm. like through this symbol. Um, Okay. I feel like we should, I should probably wrap up. And then we're starting to combine also, I mean, we don't have answers to this, but, but I do know it started because this is a little bit Naranjo. Then all of a sudden, oh, out of nowhere, yeah. you start combining modern psychology. Well, Naranjo was stuff. like a major Gurchev fan. Yeah. But I think he was like, uh, studied psychology. I'm not, I'm not right. Naranjo? Yeah. 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 And like some personality, what, what I think. A guy. What a guy. Um, okay. I kind of have two quotes that I want to read. Yep. Hit us with a Gurchev quote. Gurchev. Okay. So this comes from uh, not actually Gurdjieff, but it is kind of a writing. Auspensky wrote this book that is he was like Gurdjieff's number one student, okay. and he wrote a book that was kind of like trying to like translate and write down all the Gurdjieff wisdom. <laughs> oh, um, the good, the good Gurdjieff. And so it's wisdom. like writing. This is from one of Gurdjieff's lectures. Um, okay. Speaking in general, it must be understood that the Enneagram is a universal symbol. All knowledge can be included in the Enneagram, and with the help of the Enneagram, it can be interpreted. And in this connection, only what a human is able to put into the Enneagram do they actually know, that is, understand. What they cannot put into the Enneagram, they do not understand. For the human who is able to make use of it, the Enneagram makes books and libraries entirely unnecessary. Everything can be included and read in the Enneagram. A man... A person may be quite alone in the desert and they can trace the Enneagram in the sand and in it read the eternal laws of the universe and everything they can learn something new, something they did not know before. Ooh, ooh, what a thing. <laughs> it's a big I need to thought. listen to that many times. <laughs> it's Holy a big moly. thought. Holy moly. How would I try to sum that up? I guess maybe one way for, to, for my silly little brain to try to sum that up would be to say if you're if you're willing to do personal work, mm-hmm. you're you, you, it, here's it comes a no brainer sentence. But if you're willing to do personal work, you're willing to do personal work. You know that's that's it. I mean, if, if you're willing to go down the journey, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but maybe you're not willing. Don't yeah. want to see it. I mean, we we experience that when we talk to people. You know, it's like you hit a nerve or or you tell somebody about their number. And they back away pretty quickly, and you can tell they're just not into it. Yeah, yeah. Even people's response to Enneagram, I think, is kind of telling. Uh, if people try to make a joke about it, people are like I'm a ten. You're like, <laughs> oh, you don't want to, you don't want to know. Yeah, yeah. And this sounds so condescending and patronizing, and and I mean, I like, just think oh, it's but a tool. I do. I am doing the work. I'm not saying that. I'm just, I'm just processing. I think it's a tool for certain, like. 
it's not light, light, a light thing to pick up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we have like only so much we can pick up in life. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe people, the enneagram is an option, but there's other things to pick up. Maybe you're too busy with your other practice, whatever yeah. else you're doing. But I also am. We're reading about these people who were like, in my opinion, like enlightened speakers who had some prophetic voices and saw things that they wanted to share about. And I'm I'm inspired by it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm here for this <laughs> um, way of thinking of it. Okay, so then this, um, okay, my last quote I'll read for, for us from Gurdjieff. In order to understand the Enneagram, it must be thought of as in motion, as moving. A motionless Enneagram is a dead symbol. The living symbol is in motion. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Well, that highlights his emphasis on movement. Movement. Getting in touch with your body. Mm-hmm. Now, I will just say, I am sort of realizing maybe at this point, it was being called the Enneagram. Yes. So, so but by... It doesn't look how we know it now. It wasn't, like I said, it wasn't like the perfectionist, the reformer, the... But... um. No, but he was using it in terms of like lots of different things. So the Enneagram would be like... Would you would look at the Enneagram in terms plural. of like the notes on the music chord. Uh, and he would like put that on the up there. And then the Enneagram in like, oh, I got to find more charts. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Where are my like, charts? This one, time travel Whoa. versus escape Uh-oh. versus confrontation. Uh-oh. Like the Enneagram was a symbol that could be applied to, to all things. Hmm. So you could look at something and through the Enneagram hmm. and the movement of the Enneagram and the laws within that symbol like discern some truth within anything is the way Gurchev was approaching Got it. A lot to think about. <laughs> this is not being talked about in modern Enneagram conversations. <laughs> no. So that's the thing is like, if we're going to talk about the Enneagram, I, I really want the juice, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I think we're getting some juice here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we really are. So that's Gurchev. He he does mention the chief features, and mm-hmm. supposedly towards the end of his time, he got like some people right, like a little sloppy, and he'd have these like big parties, and I think uh-oh. he would kind of make fun of people, oh oh, for their things, oh. but like would really call them out. I think I've heard of that. Yeah. And it was like this way that he kind of revealed their characters. It yeah. was like this. This is all of the things. That sounds really appealing to me. You know, (laughs) like this truth party where everyone's like really called out. But then it's like now that you're called out, you can do something. It sounds like also kind of getting them a little relaxed and and then all of a sudden, bam, (laughs) you know, (laughs) again, not for the faint of heart. Yeah. Wow. I don't think. But if you knew him, you had to assume if you're going to go to a party that he was was going to happen. Oh, yeah, I think so. I don't know. It's so fascinating to like think to about knowing these people. I would love to be known. For doing that swindle on people? <laughs> yeah, swindle. <laughs> no, to be known that if you're going to come to Scott's house for a party, something something weird is going to happen. <laughs> He's going to do something, you know. And what? It's not going to be just we're hanging out it's and true. sipping wine and having some chips and dip. You know, it's going to be something. something's going to yeah. get thrown off a little bit. Yeah. I don't. Oh. Yeah. I would. This Lots is where I'm like, wish a good time travel oh, oh. is um, that what he meant by that or was he meaning like the way we time travel in our head was he talking was he talking about oh, like theoretically time travel i think theoretically time travel okay. wow yeah i mean 
he was really talking about a lot of like weird mathematical things, mm. like uh, astronomical things. Wow. It was, I do think he seemed to have a, be a person who had like a profound intellect okay. and like something really out there to well, say. All these people really went out exploring. They're like pioneers. Mm-hmm. They didn't ask permission. Mm-hmm. You know, we have people that went out exploring literal physical lands, but there have always been people that have explored the intellectual, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. philosophical, the It, it the really inspires me to, to like, in a way, I want to, like, go in the school of thought and, like, really, like, delve deep y- into something. You want to be on the outer limits of this stuff, I think. The outer I limits? I do. I don't I'm know not if there. I want to be no, quite I'm on no, the outer limits. Uh, he was on the outer limits, though, right? There was nobody ahead of him at that time. He was oh, he was pushing. Yes, yes. That's what I'm talking oh, about, the outer yeah. limits. Is oh, there anybody yeah. ahead of you? No, Not in this part. In this part, it's me in this new little, I'm forging my trailblazing, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I'm in this new era. Yeah. It feels exhilarating. Oh. Sounds exhilarating. I'm not yeah. talking from experience, but. Um, very cool to be a part of. Okay, so that's Gurchev. That's Gurchev. We did it. Kind of. I I legit barely touched on Gurchev. Like very briefly touched on Gurchev. And my Kazo so. conversation is gonna be very different. I guess maybe I'll read a few things about him, but I'm gonna talk a little bit about a, a one way to say it is like the scandal. The scandal. The drama, the the intrigue, the mystery. I wanna try to sum up my my um I wanna try to sum up what I learned about Ikazo this week. All right. You know, uh, we'll see what happens. When we come back. When we come back. We are back, everybody. <laughs> um, so I, my mine's going to feel a little different because I'm going to talk a little bit more about how my my encounter with Ichazo, Ichazo, Ichazo. See, I gotta say Ichazo, Ichazo, Oscar Ichazo impacted me this week. Now, my big takeaway is what I'm willing to say at this point, and my understanding, and people can correct me, mm-hmm. is that what I'm saying is the Enneagram as we know it. Mm-hmm. The modern Enneagram mm-hmm. was created or developed is probably the best word. Like he put it all together. Oscar Ichazo finally put it all together and presented it and taught it. Yeah. You have something to say to that? Yeah. I would say that Gertrude and him are both supposedly came from a similar, like came from the same like brotherhood group and they learned it from that. Yeah. And all these guys, that's another takeaway, have a very strange relationship with each other. Ichazo has a very strange relationship with Gurchev. Naranjo mm-hmm. has a very strange relationship oh, yeah. with Ichazo. So I'm just telling anybody for my, if I'm trying to t- tell you about the Enneagram, Gurchev is very important. All I'm saying is when you're, when you're hearing people say Enneagram, very ancient, sure, it's true, but I think, I think the most sort of direct way would be to say something along. I mean, uh, of course it's important to acknowledge Gurchev, but if somebody's like, where does the Enneagram come from? Uh, my direct answer at this point was it was developed by a guy named Oscar Ichazo in Chile in the 1960s. Now there are other people to credit and there were other things happening leading up to that time. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But he does seem to be the one that put it all together in a really compact, comprehensible, teachable. The enneagram way. of personality. The enneagram I would say. of personality. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Something was already bubbling and working and going on before then, but. So I'm just going to read this little thing. And about he him. and Gertrude have named the same chief features. Yes. They, yes. They named the same thing. Yes. Totally. Okay. So here, here comes. This this little entry on Oscar E. Chazo. It says, uh, he's the Bolivian-born founder of the Arica School. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is, so we'll just stop right there and say the Arica School was the school where he taught Enneagram, essentially. Mm-hmm. And now, now again, I have to say, for everybody's purpose, we're, I, I, I want to say what we're doing here is giving you some placeholders. Now, if you're interested in this and if you're like me, pause the tape. <laughs> Go look up the Eureka School. Maybe that's not something you've heard about when people are saying yeah. when they're tying back the Enneagram. Oh, it's an ancient symbol. It's ancient. It's like, well, you can look up the Eureka School. A R I C A. This is where it started to get taught mm-hmm. by Oscar Ichazo, and it and he's taught it in a very specific way. And that's what I was being a little spooked out today. It's like, or this week, it's mm-hmm. a little, taught a little differently. Not not fun and light with pretty little songs and pictures. It was like a big thing where you came out and you were in the desert. You were in Chile. Yeah. And and it was yeah. secret. Yeah. Nobody could talk about it. Yeah. And he brought you on a process and a journey and you committed yourself to it. Mm-hmm. And you were part of a community. You did like, it was like a 10-month program? Yeah. I mean, I think Naranjo said something like seven months. But well, he didn't matter. finish it. Yeah, he didn't finish he it. He left Isn't early. That interesting? I know, drama. Drama. Guys, come on. <laughs> okay, so, so we talk about the Eureka School. Established in 1968, Icazo's Enneagram of Personality, so good clarity from Macy there, theories are part of a larger body of teaching that he terms proto-analysis. Mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. I'm going to stop there and just describe that, but it's not something anybody's going to understand here, so just know. Like, But again, placeholder. Go look it up. But here's a little definition of proto-analysis. The tools that the Eureka School teaches are called the proto-analytical theory system and method. Everybody. I can't say it any slower, I don't think, without being crazy, but I mean, this is big things. Proto-analytical theory, system, and method, or proto-analysis. Before 1980, the term proto-analysis was misunderstood to be narrower in scope, used specifically as the name of Ichazo's theory of types, hmm. from which the Enneagram of Personality was derived. Mm-hmm. So proto-analysis seems to be an early sort of placeholder for what Mm -hmm. we now call the Enneagram of personality. Um, Proto-analysis is proposed by Echazo to be a comprehensive analysis of the complete human being. Uh Uh-oh, everybody. Hello. From from the grossest aspects of the human process, e.g. Enneagrammatic and mentational analysis of human anatomy and physiology. Oh my gosh. What is, who are these people? These people are. Pro- well, let me just say, <laughs> progressing systematically to the higher states of consciousness where enlightenment can be attained, e.g., the direct and ceaseless experience of non dual union with the divine. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's proto analysis and sort of what the Enneagram is, but. You see how it? I, I don't want to say the word dumbed down. It's it's been simplified. It's, it's been, been reduced. It's been reduced, and ah, it's been yikes misused. And I and, I, and I think here's what I do want to say. I will I will say the way it's being used and talked about on this very podcast 
in daily conversation, I'm sure is beneficial. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. helpful, but it's it's more if anybody wants it. It's it's like it's so little of what it actually is. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like you're missing out on so much. I'm trying to think of a good metaphor for it. It's like you're eating like one cupcake in like yeah. a sea of all these different treats and sweets. Like you are subject <laughs> you're to using just the like wrong cupcake. metaphor because I don't want any cupcakes. But, <laughs> but I see what you're talking about. You're um, gonna you're gonna just eat that one cupcake. Look at all these others. <laughs> I just want chocolate. Look at all these other cupcakes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know a good metaphor for it. But <sighs> a chazo. Yeah. So here. Um, in an interview, Chasso said that in 1954, he achieved insight mm-hmm. into mechanistic and repetitive thought and behavior patterns. He achieved insight. What is he talking about? And he's like very vague about if it was like some big spiritual experience where he was like received the wisdom of the Enneagram or if it was passed down. Well, we are from coming people. to a, a point with this. Is it, is it, tablets given on a mountain is somebody going like get like the golden Moroni trumpet (laughs) blown in their face or something I don't know (laughs) what happened here we don't know uh yeah he's vague you know um and I think purposely that was something Naranjo was saying too people were asking him where he got his insights and he said I was just free writing Oh, I know. Very, he was very like, just, just thought it and said it. And here it is. It's out there now. Put pen, pen to paper and just (laughs) let it, let it flow. Ah, he's very appealing about that to me. But, um, uh, he achieved insight into mechanistic and repetitive thought and behavior patterns. Now, if any, (laughs) I keep stopping, but if anybody was ever skeptical about the Enneagram, I'm sure this is the point where they go, oh, see, yeah, this is crazy. Oh, yeah, this is like high skeptical vibes and yet high, I'm like drawn in vibes. And here's why I'm still with it, okay? So first of all, I will say, if anybody is a spiritual person, this is not different than anything we talk about in terms of spirituality. Mm-mm. No no spiritual thing is s- sort of um, able to withstand scientific scrutiny. Right. You know, so so that spirituality exists in a different dimension. You you can't you can't peel back the layer until you find the perfect source, you know. And um, so if if you don't like this and you're skeptical about this, you're probably a little skeptical about spirituality in general, which I can understand. Um, do I want to say anything else? Oh, one of the things that continues to add some credibility to this is it's pulling from all of these valid sources of philosophy mm-hmm. and astronomy and math and science and psychology. So it's pulling from that and inspired by that. I'm not really talking much about Chazo, but can I say one more yes, side thing? Please. I think one thing that is an important distinction that I think Gurchev, Naranjo and Chazo would all in their own ways testify to this is that the Enneagram is not anything itself. I mean, it is, itself sacred and that it's like a map when it's like a symbol that leads us to something. But Gurchev's group was actually, it, this just rem- reminded me of it. They were called the seekers of the truth. And the whole like premise and the reason you use the Enneagram is the Enneagram itself doesn't contain the truth. Mm. It is a means in which one can encounter and see the truth and experience the Ooh. truth. Bam. It's all these things deserve to be paused and thought about. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, it's big. 
It is. This is not a big light. This isn't a light conversation about our 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 opinions about sports. You know, my head is spinning a little bit. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Um. So, <laughs> I've I've read only like two sentences from this thing about Chazo. <laughs> These processes can be understood in connection with the Enneagram figure. Okay, so we already had the Enneagram figure. Mm-hmm. Classical philosophy and what he calls trialectic logic grounded in three laws of process. So I'm not even going to get into that. Ikazo described nine ways in which a person's ego becomes fixated mm-hmm. within the psyche. So now we're just getting a little bit more specific. At an early stage of life, for each person, one of these ego fixations. Now we're getting some familiar territory, right? Yep. yep. Then becomes a core of a self-image around which their psychological personality develops. Each fixation is also supported at the emotional level by a particular passion or vice. And this is sounding like the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. The principal psychological connections between the nine ego fixations can be mapped using the points, lines, and the circle of the Enneagram figure. Yes. So I'm not going to go on with any more about describing Ichazo. So all I want to say about him is he had this school called the Eureka School where he was teaching it. And what I want to say that I came to a new appreciation this week is that it was secret. Yeah. And I don't quite know how people found him or found out about it, but people uh, yeah, got how do people again, find whispers, searchers probably. Naranjo is probably seekers of the truth. I heard about it. He's out. In, so you think about how you have to go find him out in Chile. There, there's no texting. There's no DMing. You don't DM Oscar Ichazo. <laughs> you know, hey, can I come to your Eureka school? I heard about it. Yeah. You have to get out there. So we're going to get into Claudio Naranjo in a second, but he found his way out there as did many others. But it seemed to be this thing that was considered to be so sacred and so special that mm-hmm. you didn't want to taint it with, with a with a spirit that felt too light or too flippant. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. had to be. It had to be. It, it had to be. You had to be all in. Oh, you had to go the full seven months. Oh yes, and you had to give up. You had to leave your life essentially and come out and really do the work. I think they well, this I was reading about it. He was doing like this practice that was kind of like rapid, like it was like a rapid technique Mm -hmm. where he was trying to like pull together lots of different ways and like wisdoms of spiritual teachers and mystics and Sufism and yoga and draw that together Mm. and rapidly help a person to reach. But by rapid, we're talking about like an intense series. It's like an intense season of months, Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. like in a day. Yeah. But that's what you mean by rapid. I'm not going to be able to find this, but there was a specific word for the like, the like way in which he was practicing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to find the right word. Well, so here's here's some here's a few little takeaways. So guys listening, guys and gals, we've got the early desert fathers. Oh, so we've got gals. early hints and whispers of astronomy and stars and symbols, and then we got Gurdjieff, mm-hmm. and now we have Oscar Chasso, and he had this teaching, this school that he was keeping secret. And my, so, so here's, here's, here's what I'm going to say. One realization I had is that there were many attempts to credit Oscar Echazo with discovering the Enneagram and then like copywriting it, so to speak. Yes. And he says, and this is the provocative thing. And this is where I probably am going to say mildly disagree with Oscar Echazo. He says, doesn't want credit because he dis- he discovered it. it. It'd be like discovering a, a set of stars or a solar system or mm-hmm. 
Like it's this thing that already existed Mm -hmm. and it's, it's admirable that he doesn't want credit for it. But like, that's, I, I don't think I can sit here and believe and say that the Enneagram exists in this other realm. I, I think the Enneagram is a human made thing. I do think it has overtones. I know this is why I thought we'd disagree, but I do think it has inspired by things that aren't, that are mystical. Like we said about the, the numbers and the symbols and all that, but I don't think, I don't think the Enneagram as we know it exists <laughs> outside the realm of human consciousness. <laughs> I definitely, I do. I do. <laughs> the Enneagram. I believe, I believe in the Enneagram. Um, that's, I knew you were going to say that. You were so funny. <laughs> maybe that's a, maybe that truly is a difference between how a four and a five approaches the Enneagram. I mean, I don't, I'm still, I don't I'm know. still a believer because in the Enneagram. I think Naranjo would say that. And Naranjo well, is a five. I don't know. I don't know if you would say that. I. But, but I believe. Does, does anybody see? At I this believe point? that Achazo did have an experience and felt like he. I don't believe that Achazo truly felt like he came up with something, but he discovered something that is universal and written within the fabric sure. of the cosmos. Sure, and of course, he probably did much more research than me. And so, what's well, that research? Well, put, well, put well, together. Do you work. know? Do you well? The history of how Achazo got to be Achazo is very unique. He was essentially like, <clears throat> and again, everything's freaking mysterious in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But he was essentially like taken by this group and used as a guinea pig. Yeah, isn't it weird? They were trying to see like what happens when you teach and like kind of force a person into all of these different like ways of seeking enlightenment. And they did that with him. And he, like, became this, like, crazy guru-type person who had this huge breadth and depth of knowledge of lots of things. Like, a huge, rich depth of yoga and chakra and how the movement of that is. And a rich breadth of Christianity. And he was, from from the beginning, kind of like taught this open way of understanding he spirituality. He did a lot of work with chakras. Yeah, pulling from what? Chakra. I think added a chakra. <laughs> um, I don't understand. I mean, another thing that has really has not really come into this whole discussion is um, Kabbalah. Yeah, that's another element. You know, I think he was pulling from, but yeah, it's all of these these things that then created this kind of conglom- conglomerate conglomerate of of ways of seeing and understanding that like when all combined create this, this like bigger way, which is so similar, I would say to like Gurchev's <laughs> way of coming to the Enneagram. I just know how all this sounds a certain ear. <laughs> I mean, to me, I can listen and feel so into it, but I know people are like, what the heck are they talking about? This is, I'm not talking about it. We're talking about the people that have talked about it. I'm not proposing anything. I'm just saying, you know, this is what these people talked about. But here's here's what I want to say about Ichazo. Okay. Okay. So that that is an interesting thing, and and maybe listeners pause and think: Are you on Team, team Scott or Team, team Macy? Macy or Team Scott with this one? I say a human creation. That's what I say. Pretty strongly, actually. I say a. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I necessarily say there's a lot of human creation around it, but I do think there is some, like. They're pulling from ancient wisdom, astrology, real wisdom. These, they're the not themes and principles and things yeah. of it just bubble out of life yeah. in the somebody, very fabric. Somebody pulled something together 
and it's great and it's valid and it's useful, but um, we're really on the on the outer shores of understanding currently. Very much the outer. This is like shores. the metaphor. If anybody knows the, um, you 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 never read *Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe*, right? No. So in *Voyage of the Dawn Treader*, essentially the Dawn Treader sails to the edge of the world, and Reepicheep is the only one that wants to get out in his little boat. So now they're they're in this giant ship, and now they're at the edge of the world, and their boat is too big to keep going. It's like in, it's touching land, but mm-hmm. it's still water. Mm-hmm. Reepicheep is a little mouse, gets in his little boat and keeps sailing and goes off into God's country, essentially. And that's how Reepicheep's story ends. Um, it seems similar here. You get to the outer reaches of comprehension. Yeah. And you're out there, and, and maybe you keep going. Maybe you sit there and just look at it and go, wow. <laughs> You know, maybe you're Reba Cheap and you get in the boat and you keep going. Keep going. <laughs> but yeah. let me, uh, so, so here's what I'll say. Here's, here's, the, here's the final thing I want. In, in just terms of anybody understanding the Enneagram, the development, the story. So it, uh, here's, here's, the, here's what my takeaway was, and I was kind of thinking why it's a little spooky. I'm not quite certain whether Ichazo wanted the information to get out, but it did seem to get out, and it did seem like Naranjo was a person who was close, but kind of said screw it it's getting out and i'm going to talk about it yeah um now having said that if anybody go look up the Eureka institute mm-hmm. and that to me is what felt mildly spooky in the sense that if you want to get the full information it's 500 dollars, and then there's all these other texts that you can purchase online that are like 50 dollars 60 dollars 100 dollars. oh it felt like very a lot of money Felt like a lot of money. Felt which like is a bit, which which, which I is what Naranjo's kind of yeah Naranjo, which we'll get into. But also a super janky website and very mysterious. Was it old? Was I it up to date? I don't know because I mean, Naranjo's isn't. No, it's from 2013. Is, it's like I felt like I was in an episode of Lost, or and I was looking at Dima or, or Dima. Let's say that's top. But um, uh, what is Dharma? The Dharma, Dharma. Initiative. Oh. It all felt like the Dharma Initiative. Also, the Eureka which, Institute, the Enneagram. What is this? It just didn't feel like very user friendly and it felt, I don't know, it didn't feel like all the things that we know about the Enneagram today where I'm getting on Instagram and seeing all the nice little types and I'm listening to music and I, we're having these sweet, casual, fun, empathy conversations. It felt, maybe the word I want to use is it felt mysterious, but it also felt severe. It felt, it felt, it felt big and, hmm. and hmm. Uh, heavy. It, it didn't feel light and sweet and nice and joyful it felt like mysterious and weird and like what is this what is the enneagram who who is chaza what is the what, what is the Eureka institute yeah it is up to date okay that's official okay so p- ch- people check it out check out the Eureka institute it's really interesting it is i'm not saying it's invalid if anything make it makes it more valid but i'm just trying to say like the surfacey things we're hearing and w- when enneagram people like us i mean we're we're out there in the world now as people that talk about the enneagram mm-hmm. and we're saying a great way to get started is the road back to you and the road back to you is great but it is such a light comparatively 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 it's light and fluffy and easy and it's not if anybody wants to know now we're realizing that's not really the enneagram right ah, and i think big thing. if you're really like in it trying to like seek transformation and like total transformation, you're not probably going to get that with some of those softer voices. Yeah, I don't, I don't want They're anybody, not going to say the things to you. I don't want anybody thinking that I have the answers or I've done this. Yeah. I'm just telling you what I've learned yeah. this week. 
Um, I've told you maybe I'm not even going to do it. I'm just telling you what I've come to learn. What we've come to discover. <laughs> okay, I think that's enough. We'll take a little, little break because that was a lot, everybody. Okay, when we come back. Oscar Chazo. You we'll, can look him up. But, um, we'll see the crossing of paths between Naranjo and Achazo. Yeah. Because yeah. it's fascinating. And and Naranjo's out there. Oh yeah. I mean I mean he's out there in terms of like a lot his of things. thoughts, but I mean I'm talking about he's out there talking about it. True. You can't he's find still an out interview there. with Ichazo. He's not out there talking about it. He's still secretive. Mm-hmm. But Naranjo gets on the he gets in the interview circuit, he's out in public, he's being seen, he's being interviewed. I don't know. Are you guys interested in this? <laughs> it's pretty cool. All right. Well, when we, we come back. Okay, so we're gonna do a quick handoff, meaning like <laughs> Macy's gonna say a few quick things about Ikazo that I wasn't entirely aware of. So she just told me something I thought was worth talking about. Okay, so Ikazo. This, this is the handoff, the blending in handoff from Ikazo to Naranjo. Um, I'm gonna also say I'm gonna post this in our show notes, but a lot of this source comes from OceanMoonshine9.wordpress.com, which wow. is this blog that's been made by like a conglomerate of. Enneagram people. Okay, so we're giving you a lot. Check out the Eureka Institute. Check her out. Check out, what is it? OceanMoonshine9.wordpress.com. I guess we'll put these in our show notes. Hopefully. This is this website is, I think, actually the best Enneagram website out there. It, it claims. It helpful. has some of the best information in terms of Enneagram stackings, which is a total side note, but Episode. also it's history. Okay. Um, and so it, it was explaining kind of how... Chazo got like chosen to be a part of this guinea pig uh, group, and Achazo was tasked with having to sit on a pole. And I don't think he knew how long he was going to have to sit there, and sat there for three days. Wow! And I can't do anything for three days. No, and if somebody says I can't have a dairy for three days, I can't do it. <laughs> Let's see, sit on a pole for three days. There is something. I'm assuming that also incorporate entailed no eating and stuff. It was no, like no. Here. I think it's. I think it's sit and stare at a lotus flower. Was the. Ooh. I know. Which I read that in. This is. I think my personality. I'm like. I want to do that. Yeah, yeah, I know that's your personality. Um, Many people. A seven is not here for that. Sit on a pole for three days. Maybe in their I mean, own way, a seven is. I think you would. Who's the least? What type is the least here for that? A nine, maybe that seems uncomfy. A nine, <laughs> a nine or I think, two? I, I feel think like. a it's four is probably a four or an eight yeah. is probably the most here for it. Ooh, an eight! I I'm think surprised at that. Really? I feel like it would be a, a method of control for them. Like I don't have to do that. I'm not going to sit on a pole for three days. Maybe I don't know. Unless they chose it on their own, but they're not going to submit to somebody's like program for them. I don't think. Yeah, but if someone's like, "Here's this challenge," like. Can uh, you maybe, do this? Maybe. And they're like... But a three could do that, too, for that purpose. It's but true. Yeah. Okay. Um. So he sat on this pole, and it said that he, like, came back, and his, like, personality... They, they say that his personality was unlocked, and he, like, broke down and saw his personality, which is very fascinating. Wow. I think those kinds of experiences... 
inevitably by nature of what they physically do to your body, like help you to see outside of just like your thoughts and this, your brain. This is really testing the limits of our th- thoughts about curiosity. What this do you is mean? curiosity. You know? Yeah. Like, can you do it? Yeah. Are you, are, are you interested in this conversation? And then like, <laughs> it sounds like Ichazo was curious. Yeah. Like wondering about life and trying things. Yeah. And thinking about this. Um, okay. So as a segue, kind of Naranjo heard about Ichazo from a few of his students. Okay. Naranjo at Naranjo. this time, Claudio Naranjo. Claudio Naranjo at this time is psychologist. He's got a group of people that he hangs out with. They're all interested in psychology and human personality. They're all kind of like dabbling in this and they're doing this together. And Naranjo, I think, is kind of like a leader of gathering these people together. Also a deep appreciation for music. Deep appreciation for music. They're doing psychedelics. They're doing all of these different, like, kind of test groups on, like, human experience. Like, they were not just doing psychedelics, but, like, researching it and studying what they were seeing. And a few people that were his students had gone and learned some things from Machazo and came back and were like, you've got to meet him. Um, and they had said that the experiences that they had had on psychedelics was similar and felt like it was tapping into the same thing they were getting when they were doing the work with Achazo. Wow. And so Naranjo goes, and Naranjo supposedly was very skeptical of Achazo. Like, Achazo seemed schemy to him, mm. um, which I think is very fascinating that mm. the things that you said about his website really named a lot of the, mm. the Achazo, or Naranjo vibes, and the Naranjo's vibes. a vibe. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Naranjo's skeptical. Us vibes are skeptical. Um, so Naranjo, the real origin of this stuff. Naranjo never truly, like, trusted Achazo until, like, they had had a few sessions, in a way. And he explains that Achazo, first of all, was able to describe his type, which is a type 5, after Naranjo had given no information about his personality and talking about himself, but just from, like, some interactions of being in the, like same room together because a Chazo typed based on like intuition, which is like seeing, I think very subtle ways a person's energy is. Um, sure you just get really good at it. Yeah. And so the way a Chazo would teach was not, I am really there for that. I love the idea of becoming good at picking up on someone's energy. Oh, me as well. (laughs) Um, It seems like Achazo had, like, some almost, like, I mean, Achazo was enlightened in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. He wasn't perceiving as much as we are. I think Achazo was seeing things as they are. So... Wait, wait, wait. Not perceiving, but seeing? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I I think that's... We're just dumping whole big giant <laughs> thoughts onto people. I mean, that just is like when people are like, wait, 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 what? And we're like, well, we're not talking about that, so we're moving on. But uh, sorry, it, like Achazo <laughs> had done the work of moving beyond perception. <laughs> oh man! So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it really, I can I can step into it and then step out of it and start laughing and then get right back in. <laughs> Be in 
to what we're talking about, and then I can get out of it and laugh. It's, it's just really interesting. It's really wild. So it said that Nirano would go into these sessions, and it was like, the way it was done, there's a word for it. I can't find it because there's too many things. Um, but basically, it was almost like a meditation mm. where Achazo would sit in front of you and transfer consciousness was the way they would speak about it. Like, like through a Chazo transfer a way of seeing to the patient or person. I don't know the right word. And Naranjo speaks of it like working and it being yeah. like him seeing something. Yeah. And I think it was a lot of meditation and a lot of vibration and a lot of not just that specific like sitting together, but there would be sometimes movements and there would be breathing practices and mantras. And I, certain... I just had a thought. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is a wondering of wondering. Yeah. So I have no basis for this, but uh -huh. I do wonder, this does sound a little bit like Freud. Oh it, yeah. But, well, what I mean by that is in terms of him discovering quote unquote discovering mm -hmm. not that it existed out in space somewhere, but psychoanalysis. Mm hmm just the experimentation and the prodding and, but here's my point. I wonder if our embracing of Freud and not of people like Naranjo or Icasso is racist. I'm not entirely sure. I think it has a lot a, to do with a Western Freud being a Western thinker. Yeah. Um, Cause this sounds so similar and it seems like there's a reality where this could have been, the thing that was embraced and implemented. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Freud, even though people are skeptical of Freud, it's generally embraced. Psychoanalysis generally embraced, even though there's skepticism. But this also sounds similar. Ah, interesting. Yeah, I think that that plays a huge role in its mm. roots being in Eastern religion. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of... And I have no idea and not what being it's like to grow up and live in the East. So maybe there isn't. Yeah. yeah what, what's Freud like to them? And they're like, oh, we don't know. Sigmund Freud. We don't know about that. Um, That's weird. Yeah, we are Pacific Northwesterners. <laughs> yeah. um, so Naranjo learned the, the Enneagram in, from Achazo. Mm -hmm. And he was a student and joined Achazo's school, but then had like lots of encounters and Naranjo was like very impressed, very, very impressed with the Chazo's like understanding of yoga and understanding of all these disciplines. And was like, I think Naranjo wasn't expecting to find a teacher almost like that he was impressed by. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know what happened. There's like a whole like, there's like drama about like what happened. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Naranjo left. Yeah. And like, like started basically. Started blabbing. Yeah. Started explaining <laughs> the Enneagram yeah. and yeah. like began to teach it in his, in his own way. In his own way. Um, using the chief features and the passions, like the, the structure itself is, is the same, but Naranjo kind of turns it in. Naranjo adds his, adds and supplements a lot of psychology into it and yep. modern psychology. Yep. And Naranjo goes and is 
Very does, important in my mind. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it adds, it's the final element that adds the true credibility to me. And, and Naranjo speaks about it, especially in terms of like this psychological, like he sees the passions in a way that links to like these nine different like characters of neurosis mm-hmm. and like human like, oh, I really love this conversation. <laughs> I mean, I might be the only person, but I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> there's, yes. there's probably a few people out there who are here for Nirano. I was just thinking, man, this is so good <laughs> for me. Um, and he, in like a group of people, worked and studied at Berkeley and did like a lot of huge personality work using the Enneagram, linking it to the way people were psychologically thinking of mental illness. Mm -hmm. And so he does a lot of that linkage. And I think Naranjo sees the Enneagram as in a way, this, this tool that links that psychology as well as like spirituality and mysticism and, and consciousness. It It combines those things. Um, And so Naranjo essentially through his work and teachings and writings and research and all these things becomes the the person who like opens the box and then it goes from there. Yeah, um, I want big explosion sounds, big spreading. Before his writings, Naranjo taught to specific people, mm-hmm. including Helen Palmer mm-hmm. and including the Jesuits. Yep. which is where it like kind of then spreads from there. Yeah. yeah, Richard Rohr learned it as a part of his Jesuit tradition yeah. because they had learned it from Naranjo. And and, and I think. In the early days, if you hear Richard Rohr talk about it, he was also of the mindset even then, because again, everybody, it's hard for us to comprehend that there wasn't internet. So nobody, mm-hmm. Naranjo didn't, he was out there talking about it, but he mm-hmm. didn't like start an Enneagram website. He didn't have an Instagram account. Um, so even then, in the early days with Helen Palmer and Richard Rohr, it sounds like they were still sort of of this mindset that it's only for a select few. Yeah. It's not something to be shared publicly. I don't think that, well, and then Help. Richard Rohr obviously broke from that. And, and everybody started starting to share it. Yeah. Helen Palmer shared it or a book, you know? Yeah, it became... I don't know who specifically shared first, but it, it became, like, the the thing to share. And then I think, like, Helen Palmer has spoken that it was inevitable that this would happen, but it got misused mm-hmm. and became pop psychology. It is being misused. It is... It is, yeah, I think I don't want to stop people from using it. Keep using it, but just keep going deeper is what I'd say. I, we're going to try to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just have probably a more holistic understanding of it. Mm-hmm. We, you're only, if you're just, I don't know, reading the typical recommended books, you might be, you, you're missing out on a lot, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. that's the thing, as maybe... Not maybe. I, I do think there probably is something very beneficial about somebody discovering their number. They 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 t- they tuck that little realization in their pocket and they go mm-hmm. about living. Good. I, I guess maybe the invi- it's the same thing I was kind of saying last night. But the invitation is always yeah. there if you want it. Take it or leave it. There's a rich wisdom with it, and it's in my opinion like has for your whole life. You could study this and study yourself and continue to learn. Mm-hmm. So it's like. You have there's there's a plethora of options and ways that you can deep dive this. I, I don't know if it's because he's a five, but 
I really like Naranjo. Oh, I love Naranjo. Naranjo, y'all, this is the thing. Gurchev, Achazo, Naranjo. They're not sugarcoating it at all. Yeah. So this is the... When you read his typing, it is the most blunt. Oh, oh, oh yeah, it's just saying it it's straight up. It's naming it, and it's naming all the worst things because naming the worst things does it is getting at a lot of truth. Like yeah. we we ourselves aren't even, I think, able to comprehend yeah. the the mega ness and the effect of these like binds we have by these mm-hmm. passions and mm-hmm. developments we have so it's it's a necessary harshness to like stab at it i yes. think yes um well, well said again do you think i should try and read the neuron hill oh the descriptions g- g- the type oh, descriptions oh 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 i mean we're kind of far in um m- maybe maybe read a few <laughs> just as examples of how he does it okay yeah so, maybe, maybe read the four and the five just because that's what we are just for fun. Okay. And everybody, if you want to read more Naranjo, get a Naranjo book. Okay. I, I want to say something about the history again, too. Like, in just in my comprehension, not really understanding the big players. Like, Macy and I went to a secondhand bookstore and bought just random Enneagram books. Quotes. Mm-hmm. Random Enneagram books. Mm-hmm. I happened to buy a Naranjo book. In the my Naranjo book comes from the same bookstore. Ah, now I can't find mine. I was very sad today. I couldn't find my book, but um, I'm I'm looking at it and I'm looking at this guy Claudio Naranjo, and I just assumed he's this. In terms of the way I understood the Enneagram, this random old Enneagram teacher, mm-hmm. just a random guy. Mm-hmm. Never understood at that time how important he was. Now I'm that book was so essential it was and important. So essential and important. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. So I know that that. The bookstore we go to has a good selection of Enneagram books in terms that they have. I've gotten Naranjo and then I got the Intelligent Enneagram. Which yeah, so if you if you guys are listening, and again, I'm not. <laughs> holy smokes, you guys! I'm not trying to sound pretentious. I'm trying. I'm trying to sound as like a person that is just trying to pass on some information that I've learned. So if somebody brings up Enneagram, and you're like, "Yeah, Ian Morgan Cron, Susan Stabile, you know, these people." Th- that's fine. Th- their their work is legitimate, and they're they're doing Super nice things legit. out in the world. And and I like typology. I'm just saying that that's not the enneagram. It is it is in terms of the way they're teaching it. But there there are people that have written bigger, more interesting books. More yeah. interesting, I would say. They are Ra- they are being more mediators. Raw. They're more being raw. mediators they're of being this mediators. thing, Valid. which is helpful Valid. because I can't sit down and like. Naranjo is sometimes hard to read. Yeah. Like yeah. sometimes it's nice to read the wisdom or nice to read Chris Huberts who puts, helps me to synthesize the words yes. that Naranjo saying. Yes. Yes. Um, well said. Okay. So I will read these descriptions there. He, Naranjo said, uh, he's going to do the briefest description of the nine basic characters. So I'm going to skip to the four and the five. So, so if you're the type of person that's used to reading Riso Hudson or Beatrice Chestnut or Helen Palmer or whatever, you've read your types. Here comes the description from Claudio Naranjo of the four and the five. Okay, so type four is represented in the Steig caricature through an image that evokes the suffering victim of life circumstances and people. Um, I think that character is referring to the picture, yeah, which is a picture of the four, like, on her knees, on her knees, putting their arms out in the air, like screaming, screaming to out to the yeah. world. <laughs> um, this corresponds to the self-defeating personality included in the 
revision of DSM-3. It also corresponds to what Horney used to call masochistic character, in which there is a poor self-image, a disposition to suffer more than is necessary, a great dependency on the love of others, a chronic sense of rejection, and a tendency to discontent. Yeesh. Woo, fours. Naranjo's calling you out. <laughs> a tendency to discontent. <laughs> Never content. We're all happy out here. We're having a good day. Yeah. Everybody's happy. It's sunny. Hmm. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I'm suspicious. I gotta be suspicious. Contentment. <laughs> okay. The caricature of isolation in point five is appropriate for a disposition that may be regarded as the interpersonal style that emerges from and sustains retentiveness. Mm. This corresponds to the schizoid personality of DSM-3 individuals that not only have few relationships, but fail to feel solitary in their aloneness. Oh. Who seek to minimize their needs. Oh. Who are shy and have great difficulty in expressing their anger. Oh. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes this is the those are those confirming points where sometimes I, I walk around wondering if I'm a four. Sometimes, and I hear these descriptions, and I'm like, no, there really isn't in me any sense of like s- straying for or running away from contentment. Like, if, and if anything, I'm I'm desperately wanting contentment and forcing it. Side times, I'm like, mm. is this it? Is this contentment? Oh, you know. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, but that that five description I definitely relate to. Holy man. Wow, that's big. So those are just those two. We're not going to go too yeah, deeper. because that's just an example of how he describes long. it. You know? Yeah, of how he describes yeah. it. Um, the book I have, he goes all in on a whole chapter of each type. And same with so, this book. Yeah, this yeah, is just, just the very little, beginning. Yeah. Um, so I think we should wrap up. Yeah, I think, think we so need too. to do it. We're coming back. <laughs> oh, wrap up the new school. No, I don't even think I don't even know if we should do new school. All right. Yeah. What yeah, We're how almost many at two hours? Oh, you guys. <laughs> this is the thing. We it's so much. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like so we much. only like legitimately scratch the surface. I will just say maybe maybe we're we're setting the we're setting something up for a, a new another episode on the new school. So I think we were gonna say who are who are the people that we just wanna acknowledge. Yeah. So like we're we talking about like because then comes the wisdom of the Enneagram, which we still think is really valid because mm-hmm. that, that really synthesizes and sums up a lot of this work. Mm-hmm. And I think the wisdom of the Enneagram is incredibly helpful in terms of it is the most succinct, like it does the best job, I think, at getting to the depth of it while also being readable. And the wisdom of the Enneagram, I think, is kind of connected to the Enneagram Institute. Yeah. Which... <laughs> Is way less creepy than the Erika Institute. <laughs> so whatever that means. I think that the wisdom is also really spot on in like speaking to the like inner light and the inner self, which I think Gurchev would speak about this idea that. That was another discussion I wanted to have, but we'll bookmark it. What? Well, that takes some faith. I don't know if I believe in essence or the inner light. Oh, see, I don't know. I don't know. I do believe in essence. And I think, <laughs> I think that one thing that, okay. Big quotes, essence, big quotes, inner light. Yeah. I think that there's something like an essence was within inside me that is masked and hidden by my personality. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. 
See, see you're saying maybe. <laughs> it's funny that I'm, I'm not saying when maybe. it comes to the Enneagram, I'm more of the skeptic. I know. It's really funny. Um because in the other parts of our life, you're more the skeptic. Yeah, this that's true. Um I think okay. So in one of our most recent posts, we posted the picture that Naranjo uh Naranjo's caricatures in one of our most mm-hmm. recent in- Instagram posts. And it shows the characters in their most like extreme, ridiculous, and like ashamedly true way, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it should make you feel uncomfortable. And it's yeah. like, oh, this is being mean. But I this think this is showing the bad part. The bad part. And, and I think a lot of people are out there so used to being seen, shown the good part. And I think that one thing that today's like softness of the Enneagram is is losing in its softness is because we are always uplifting like oh these are the beautiful things that your personality and behavior has brought and all these things then we're missing the point that your personality is also what's blocking the essence Mm -hmm. so it's we get i think wrapped up in wanting like we are almost appealing to our personality and appealing to It's, oh, it's so deep. It's yeah. It feels like sometimes hey. when we're trying. I don't know if anybody wants to hear this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're just doing our thing here. It's almost like we're. I think we can get caught in this idea of like trying to find these good things in our personality when essentially it's letting go of that. Mm. That will be your freedom. Mm. It brings up so many. I think this is the reason we even started this podcast is like my daily, typical daily experience is that I'll be getting lost in a conversation like this. And most people get really bored and start walking away. But I'm so lost in the conversation. I'm really caught up in this right now. Because another thing wants me to, I want to bookmark for a future episode is this thing I've been wrestling with. Um, is are we fundamentally whole and loved or are oh. we fundamentally broken? Oh, this is where Scott and I have our number one yeah. essential nature disagreement, I think. Yeah, I lean on broken. And I lean on whole. <laughs> I think we are 100%. We are God experiencing God's self right now, Yeah, Yeah, big S- things. So. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so should we Are these wrap closing up? remarks? I think uh, yeah. Let's make some closing remarks. Okay. About who? About the N- not not the new school that that okay. Riso Hudson, Beatrice Chestnut, Helen Palmer, Helen Palmer, huge Helen Palmer, huge Chris Hewitt, Chris Hewitt, Richard Rohr, Ian Morgan Cron, Susan Stabile. Anybody we're missing? I don't want to feel. There's bad. lots of people we're missing, yeah. but those are those are some of the biggies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and maybe we'll talk about, maybe we'll do a second episode about the new school. And that actually, would be do fun. Think, be I fun. do think it's, I, th- I do think there's a medium. The medium is the wisdom and Richard Rohr, that class. Yeah. And then the new school truly is Ian Morgan Cron and some others that are currently writing. Well, I, yeah, I mean, it's also just interesting because like Helen not only offers like, different descriptions of the types, but she also offers a different way to, to learn about them. Like she's saying we should learn by getting groups of people of the same type together and having them do a panel. The like she's set tradition. on the way you That's a whole communicate it. Episode, yeah. 
So yeah. All right. It's what, 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 do you want to say anything in conclusion from what we like learned? A thousand things. What's They're a takeaway like, thought? A takeaway thought. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot. Listeners, here's what Macy wants you to know this week. I think I am both overwhelmed and like incredibly inspired by the way, like the information of all of this. But ultimately, I did most of my research, I think, because I just naturally was really drawn to it towards Gurchev's teachings. Mm -hmm. And I've been very like inspired by it. We had a party someday where we did some of the dances. Oh, (laughs) gosh. (laughs) And. I think more than anything, I've been very inspired to live into it and live into this, the possibility that this kind of work offers of transformation and the possibility of doing something like I am starting to see that I can do something totally outside of my personality or what I've been telling myself I should do and I will be okay. Mm-hmm. Like I can step outside of it and I will be okay. And I am not losing myself in doing that. Yeah. Um, I've been like inspired to live a little differently. Like I can sense it in myself mm. and like, f- I, I don't know. I can, I don't know. I can feel it. Yeah. I can feel it within myself. Like I feel very inspired by the fact that I, I can move and I will always be changing. And yet it gives you a lot of tools and language and resources. And it's very, I think ultimately empowering. Mm -hmm. Very empowering. Yeah. Um, so I've just been like, my closing thoughts is like going and understanding it and finding out all of these ideas, like part of me is like, what's the point of it? What's the point of like knowing these things and hearing these ideas? Why do ideas even matter? Mm. And why do these concepts even matter? And yet without even being able to like, I can't put it to words, but they move you to do action in, in the world. Like it moves the way I respond to situations Mm -hmm. without even myself even noticing just hearing the ideas themselves and like starting to open my mind to think in these new channels and see in these different ways has like already affected the way I'm experiencing encountering the world, I would say. And probably just also because I've been deep diving in like every spare moment I've been reading these things. Mm. So, so good. I don't know. Takeaway. That's a good takeaway. Do you have takeaways from this? Um, I, it almost strikes me that our takeaways are like a four and a five type takeaway, <laughs> but my my takeaway would be to encourage people to research. <laughs> <laughs> like I would say, I guess, again, creating the podcast that I would want to listen to, um, I, I, w- I think all the things we've mentioned tonight are Google searches. Mm-hmm. Go, go Google search proto-analysis. Go Google search the Eureka School. Go Google search Gurchev. There's so much to go Google, Google search. The fourth way. Mm-hmm. These are things that are interesting to learn about. If you're interested in the Enneagram, they're essential mm-hmm. to a certain extent to understanding the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Another thought I had, and this may be a closing thought, is, and I said this to you over text, this made me think, especially the way Claudio Naranjo eventually broke from um, Chazo. Is I, I don't know if anybody does need a certification. 
I don't think they Anybody do. wants to teach the Enneagram, they can teach the Enneagram. I don't think they need a certification. Yeah. I think a certification is fake. <laughs> and at this point, way. I feel this sounds arrogant, but at this point, I'm like, oh, I, I don't need anybody teaching me. I would love a teacher, but it'd have to be a very specific person. I would, I definitely would love a teacher. <laughs> if there is a group out there that's like, <laughs> why don't you teach Macy? <laughs> a school of DM thought. Macy. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth way. Okay. We love the Enneagram. We love. Hopefully, this was helpful and fun and interesting. You know, again, you can always listen at your leisure. You don't have to listen to a whole two-hour episode. Again, now once. that you're at the very end, let's <laughs> give you that. <laughs> but there's there's an Enneagram to come. I think we're interested in continuing to unpack history, but we're going to try to talk about stackings. We're going to try to talk about variants. We're going to try to talk about wings. subtypes and wings. Maybe someday <laughs> if Macy allows us to talk about wings. <laughs> I will allow us. Um, yeah, so... Keep keep staying on this Enneagram journey with us, everybody. We appreciate you listening. Do we want to just call it? Say goodnight. This is it. This is it. Uh, don't know what song we're going to end with. Is there is there an Enneagram song? I think we can come up with a good song. Okay. The, somehow, we'll, between now and when we release this, there'll be a nice Enneagram song. Maybe it should be Gurchev's music. Ooh, I don't even know what that is, but we'll find it. <laughs> is it like classical? Kind of. Okay. It's piano usually. Okay. Uh, next week, everybody is our is our true birthday B day. And episode. I actually do think this is our official anniversary today. Really? Yeah. But next week is the launch of our new year, and our new we're going to talk about curiosity. Curiosity. Next week, what does everybody? it mean to be curious? Yeah. Coming up next week. All right. Bye. Catch you later. Your pen, the man in the hole is your new friend.